Have you heard the one about Kamala Harris and a group that claimed to be descendants of the Knights Templar? Well, if not, you're going to hear about it today on the Propaganda Report. I'm Brad Binkley here with Monica Perez. Monica, how are you doing? Well, I'm pretty excited to hear what you have to say. I had not heard about that. I don't think a lot of people have heard about it because (laughs) the media is too busy talking about her perhaps strategic love affair with Willie Brown or how when she was attorney general of California that she used the police force as her own personal chauffeur at the taxpayer's expense. Those are the types of subjects that they've been talking about. They haven't been talking about the story involving Kamala Harris and an allegedly 3,000-year-old police force that members claim descends from the Knights Templar. What's it called? According to those who claim to be officers of this police force, it is called the Masonic Fraternal Police Department or the MFPD. Now, articles written about this story claim that this is not a real police department, that it is made up. But who knows? I'm going to tell you the story about that right here on the show. Do you want to go ahead and begin or is there anything you'd like to get out of the way before we start? No, just that I did go through a phase where I read everything I could find on the Knights Templar, and it's been a while. There isn't, uh, there actually isn't a lot of stuff that I could find that was hardcore verifiable after it was routed. And but the but the the thing I was left with was there the treasure of these knights who originally, I believe, originally. They were, uh, they went on the crusades and they needed like, uh, letters that they could use along the way to get money. So they would say, if I'm going to give you this certificate for a hundred whatever's weight of gold, you give me the gold and then take that certificate back to Paris and my man there will give you that. So it was kind of like they were the first bankers. And really? yeah, and they were armed. So they, you know, that's what, how I can be an anarcho-capitalist. I'm like, like, well, that's how it would work. You, <laughs> you bring your own weapons. You uh, have a believable network of how you can use credit and all that. But they never found when, I guess, I forget the, I forget who broke them up. I guess the king or whatever. Um it's unknown what happened to their treasure, which was, I think, that that kind of like a stronghold of money. No one ever knows. So people think that, like when my husband asked me what's at the bottom of the rabbit hole, and I said, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it's at the top of a mountain in Switzerland. <laughs> That's what I was referring to. Like, where is the money? Do they still, are they still like the bankers and the grand conspiracy? You know, people think it's, the um, city of London or uh, Jerusalem or New York, but it's quite possible that all those theories are out there because in reality it's in Fortress Switzerland and it's still in the hands of these guys, uh, these descendants. So that that's one. I, you know, I'm just fascinated by the whole subject, but I can never really get the verifiable information. Now, whoever's listening is like, yes, I have the answers for you. Let me know. Tweet at me at Monica Perez show. Well, Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get too many Knights Templar answers through this story, but we are going to hear a truly bizarre story that uh, really, just when you think it can't get any weirder, it gets weirder. The story occurred back in 2015 when Kamala Harris was attorney general for the state of California, and it involves one of her staffers who was arrested. I'll go into the details of that in a moment. The first thing I want to do is I want to play you a clip of Kamala Harris, a quick clip from 2010. And the reason I'm playing it is not because of the truancy issue, which is what she talks about. I'm only playing this clip because I want to illustrate this man's role in her administration because articles that came out when this happened in 2015 attempted to kind of minimize his role in her administration. I want to right up front show that he clearly had a pretty big role in her administration when she was the attorney general uh, for the state of California. You know how when Trump, whenever somebody comes out against Trump, Trump is like, ah, it was a low-level staff or no name anyway. That's right. kind of how the media treated this guy when this story first came out. So I want to play this clip of uh, Kamala Harris just briefly talking about truancy in 2010. 
I would not be standing here were it not for the education I received. And I know many, many of us will say the same thing. And I believe a child going without an education is tantamount to a crime. So I decided I was going to start prosecuting parents for truancy. Okay, she goes on to, to talk about her reasoning behind that. And while she was attorney general, she did that. She A uh, few parents were jailed for truancy. And she did a town hall for CNN with CNN last week. And this CNN town hall that she did was her first national public appearance since announcing that she's running for president. So it was like her coming out party. It was her introduction of herself to America as a presidential candidate. And during that town hall, she defended her truancy initiative and policies that she enacted as attorney general. She proudly defended them. So truancy is an issue that she's proud of the work that she's done, proud enough of it that she is willing to talk about it in her first national appearance as a presidential candidate. And you'll see in a moment why that's important. So I want to take you back to 2015 when she was Attorney General of California. While she was Attorney General, there was a man who was arrested for some truly bizarre activities, which I'll describe in a moment. His name is Brandon Keel, and he was Kamala Harris's Deputy Director of Community Affairs, or as Reuters puts it, her liaison to the public. Other articles just call him an aide to Kamala Harris, and when asked about this man, her spokesperson was like, oh, he was an aide, and they didn't interact that much, which there's kind of some contradictory information to that. One being that he had the title of deputy director of community affairs. Two, Kamala Harris published a report at the end of 2014 on the truancy crisis in the state of California. And in that report, which there's a couple articles from 2015 that link to this report. When you click on that, that link, you go to a site that tells you that you do not have access to this document hmm. or whatever, And which is weird because I could find access to the 2015 and 2016 report. But really? This one, yeah. This one, for some reason, I couldn't get access to. So wow. I went and I found it. Found it on the Wayback Machine. And Good in the – do it. Good for you. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm – that's some good detective work. And it's yeah. to me, like the dog that didn't bark, you know, that's the thing. It's like, wow, it was there and this one isn't. Well, that's what made me suspicious about it. Yeah, yeah, of course. These articles said that Brandon Keel was thanked for his work in a truancy report that Kamala Harris published through the attorney general's office in 2014. And I clicked on it. I'm like, I want to see what it says. Yeah, and the yeah. Fact, the fact that it's not here makes me think that he was even more involved and at a bigger player than they were trying to lead yeah. on. So. In that truancy report, there's a thank you section, and then there is a special thank you section. <laughs> and there's only a handful of people that are mentioned in the special thank you section, and it says, special thanks. This report benefits from the counsel and support of the special project team and many other contributors involved with the California Attorney General's Truancy Project. Thanks to the following individuals from the Attorney General's office for their contributions to this report. Brian Nelson, Special Assistant Attorney General. Juan Rodriguez, Special Assistant Attorney General. Brandon Keel, Deputy Director for Community Affairs. And there's a couple more after that, but that tells me that this guy wasn't just a minor aide. This is someone who received special thanks for his help involving an issue that she was so proud of her work on that she was willing to publicly defend it in her first appearance as a presidential candidate on the national stage last week. And he was cited as being in the AG's office. Right, on a special project team. So despite what some of the initial reporting and what Kamala's spokesperson at the time would lead people to believe, it would seem that this guy did have a pretty significant role in Kamala's administration. I wanted to establish that first because I'm about to describe some pretty strange activity that this man was involved with. The type of activity that once it became public, you wouldn't want to be associated with him, and I wanted to dispel – any claim that he was just a low-level aide that had nothing to do with Kamala because that certainly does not appear to be the case. He certainly appears to have had a much larger role than the initial reporting after this story came out would lead you to believe. So Brandon Keel, this is where it gets a little weird. <laughs> 
In late 2015, Brandon Keel, a man named David Henry, who called himself Brandon's father-in-law, and a woman named Tonetta Harris were arrested in California. I'm going to play you a clip of a report on that arrest. Okay. You don't hear about this kind of thing every day. Um, anyone who's read the book The Da Vinci Code or seen the movie probably knows something about the Knights Templar. They're basically an ancient law enforcement organization that these three people who were arrested claim to be a part of. A lot of people think this group is fake. However, there are real consequences for impersonating an officer of the law. That's just what the L.A. County Sheriff's Department arrested these folks for. Take a look at their mugshots right here. These three people have all identified themselves as being members of the Masonic Fraternal Police Department. And according to the L.A. Times, one of the suspects, Brandon Keel, was an aide to California State Attorney General Kamala Harris. When officers searched the homes of these three in Santa Clarita, they say they found weapons, badges, vehicles, uniforms, and other law enforcement-type equipment. Just the kind of items that would give the impression that these people were real sworn police officers. Keel, along with Tanette Hayes and David Henry, the chief of the so-called Masonic Fraternal Police Department, were all arrested for impersonating a peace officer. Now, this is a serious offense that can come with prison time. Law enforcement says they became aware of this illegitimate police organization when the group contacted the Santa Clarita Sheriff's Station and met with the station's captain. Now, it's unclear why the group wanted to do that. The Masonic Police Organization claims to be a part of a, a modern-day branch of the fabled Knights Templar, a group that dates back basically a thousand years. As the chief of Santa Clarita's home, um, the windows out there, we checked it out. They were all shut. No one came to the door when we knocked. Neighbors tell us the Masonic couple that lives there were very friendly, and no one thought they were suspicious. I've seen 25, exactly 25 uh, cop cars. And I had no clue what happened. I was just coming to get the mail, and I just saw the the police opening the garage and just uh, checking everything in the garage. He had a specific like ring, and I just asked about it, and it's about like an Illuminati. Um, it's a Masonic, and then it it goes back like from ancient times. All three of the suspects were released the same day from jail that they were arrested. Now, officers believe there are more people a part of this Masonic fraternal order of police, and they're urging anyone with information to come forward. Okay, so the Masonic fraternal police order, these guys were going around meeting with police departments, and they didn't mention this in the story because they probably hadn't found it out yet, but before they met with the police departments, Brandon Keel wrote letters to a bunch of the police departments describing who they were and that they wanted to meet with them because they wanted to talk about their jurisdiction and how they're going to be exercising their jurisdiction. And they claimed that they had jurisdiction over 33 states and that they had jurisdiction over Mexico. And they claimed that they were members of the very first, the first police department that ever existed and that their jurisdiction superseded that of anyone else. Now, this is Brandon Keel writing these letters and Wait, I have to correct the record. What? Yeah, maybe the Knights Templar, as I'm trying to remember back, maybe they were the ones who were the security for the people who were traveling over land. Maybe the fact that I they think were- that is accurate. Yes. Yeah, so they they did derive from the Crusaders, but then they used that knowledge of how to trans how to transit from Europe to the Middle East and all that as then they were the ones who could escort you and also maybe provide you credit or protect your money or give you letters of credit so that you didn't have to take the money with you. Yeah, I'm a little rusty on that, but that must be where that comes from. It's something like that, but the information that they had, they had a website where they talked about all of this, where it said they were the first police department. It said they were descendants from the Knights Templar. The problem is they spelled Knights Templar wrong on their website, and they had some information that was not accurate. I can't remember exactly what it was, but the website was open. They were openly sending letters. They were dressing like police officers. They were putting like Masonic badges on, and they were going in to police departments and claiming jurisdiction. It was like they were letting them know they were going to be operating in this part of town, and Brandon Keel was described by witnesses, and these witnesses – were police officers because they were going into police departments. He was described as a person who did the most talking. He was described as the initiator, although the, uh, the other guy, David, who called himself the Grand Master, 
was presented as the leader. Brandon Keel did most of the talking and the woman, all the witnesses said, pretty much remained quiet. And that fact will come up here in a moment. You'll see why that's important. But Brandon Keel was using his Department of Justice card that, you know, for his job in the attorney general's office as it seems like a way to lend credibility to who he was. So he was name dropping Kamala Harris while he was telling these stories. So he wasn't hiding who he worked for. He was using it, I think, to get his foot in the door is what it sounds like. And one of the police officers at the department says, I thought it was weird that he said that he worked with Kamala Harris and that he left his Department of Justice card. And that ended up being one of the things he was charged with, illegal use of a government ID. But my point in emphasizing that is it's not like they were conducting these activities in secret. They were doing it out in the open while he was working for Attorney General Kamala Harris. Because I I have another – after, later, at the end, I will tell you an insanely weird story that you would have to believe was completely made up. but. It's just too weird and like just it's a psyop doesn't answer. So I will tell you, and that was also in California. Well, some people think that these guys were actually members of this thing. But to spell it wrong makes no sense. Yeah. The interesting thing to me here is that Keel and his accomplices weren't hiding any of the bizarre activity that they were engaged in. Like I said, they had a website they were openly promoting. Keel himself was soliciting meetings with police captains in precincts all over the state. They were going to meetings. Keel was telling police officers that he worked with Kamala Harris and he was leaving his California Department of Justice card with police officers so that they had a contact. So it's not like Kamala Harris's office couldn't have found out what was going on. She easily could have. In fact, according to the testimony of one of the detectives on the case, Amelia Hernandez, I believe it was, Keel said that the California Department of Justice, of which Attorney General Kamala Harris was the head of, was well aware of and supportive of the Masonic Fraternal Police Department. That would explain why they were so open about it, if that's what he really believed. It's, so, no, it's the it's the Masons. It's Masonic. It's the Masons. There are a lot of Masons. So the Masonic Order, Scottish Rite, is like just a normal as far as I know, it's normal, kind of charitable. They do good work, community service. And then as you get into the conspiracy theory, you can go up through the Illuminati all the way back to the Knights Templar. So it could be that people are open to it because there are a lot of Masons around. Yeah. My my point is that Kamala Harris's office was asked about it, and they claimed to be surprised and not know what was going on. And he is saying that they knew what was going on and that they approved of it. So – he was going into police departments saying that they have jurisdiction over 33 states in Mexico. He was wearing police uniforms that were not real uniforms. He had badges that were not real badges, and he's saying that Kamala Harris's office knew about this and approved about this activity, which maybe he's lying, but I can't find anywhere where Kamala Harris has ever addressed this case or this story or ever mentioned Keel or ever even been asked about Keel. The only thing I can find are basically the same statements from her office through her office's spokesperson, which basically says that Attorney General Harris is closely monitoring the investigation and even more bizarrely that Brandon Keel has been placed on paid leave. Paid leave. This guy had been running around California telling police chiefs that he works for an 11,000-year-old police department (laughs) that has jurisdiction over Mexico. And in the process of doing this, he's name-dropping Kamala Harris, telling them that he works for her and he is leaving his Department of Justice card as a contact. And when Kamala Harris's office finds out about this, he gets paid leave? Paid leave? You know what? We're not going to fire you for all that weird shit. Go home, relax, take a few days off. We're going to keep paying you. I mean, that's, that's a pretty <laughs> strange thing. But it gets even a little bit weirder than this. Let me see here. All right, so what he was officially charged with was six counts of impersonating an officer and one count of unlawful use of a government ID. That's important because him and the woman, Hayes, were slapped with identical charges except Hayes wasn't given the uh, the ID charge. I'll come back to that in a minute. 
and you'll see why it is important. Um, I want to talk now briefly about the other guy, the guy named David Henry, who said he was Keel's father-in-law and presented himself as the Grand Master. Well, this guy has a Google Plus page that is truly fascinating because, one, he's dressed in the strangest outfits, and he's posing for pictures with a bunch of prominent leaders. I mean, tons of prominent leaders, specifically Bill Clinton. Really? Yeah. This guy who claims his ancient police department has jurisdiction over Mexico, right there pictured with good old Bill Clinton. And he's pictured with Maxine Waters, (laughs) who works closely with Kamala Harris. So David Henry, in a goofy outfit, is with Maxine or... Yes, he's with Maxine Waters. He's with Bill Clinton. And I have to go back and look at the Google Plus picture. I'm pretty sure that Brandon Keel is also pictured with Maxine Waters. Their group gave Maxine Waters an award. I can't remember what the award is for, but they gave her an award that she came and she accepted the award. And there's a bunch of pictures of them hanging out together because of the award that she won from them. So he's pictured with with these prominent, prominent figures. He won an Emmy Award because he was a journalist for a local Fox News outlet, and he won an Emmy Award for his work, and at the end of his Emmy speech, he thanked Ice Cube and some other celebrity for setting up his career. This is the guy who is Brandon Keel's father-in-law, or says says that he is his father-in-law, the other guy that was arrested. So that's another pretty strange thing. This group had access or or gained access to – Really prominent figures one way or another. I, I'm not sure how. How is this guy's name spelled? Brandon Keel. B-R-A-N-D-O-N-K-I-E-L. I think a lot of the stuff on this has been wiped from the internet. Okay. So let's get back to the charges that they faced. This is really the, the most fascinating part of the story to me. Brandon Keel faced six charges of impersonating officer, one charge of unlawful use of a government ID. Hayes face identical charges minus the ID charge. The case against them ultimately fell apart and only one of the three was convicted and served time. They were facing potentially up to like three and a half years in jail. Which one do you think served time? The chick. (laughs) You nailed it. She's the one that served time despite the fact that she faced the same charges as Keel. And she was identified by the witnesses as someone who pretty much remained quiet while Keel was identified as a witness, as an, as an initiator, and as someone who did most of the talking. Yet, he gets his charges dropped. You want to know the difference between him and that woman? She didn't work for Attorney General Kamala Harris. Is that why his charges um, were dropped? I don't know. Possibly. I, I want to know more about David Henry and his connections and how – well, I'm about to tell you a little bit more about David Henry. Oh, yay. Possibly the most interesting thing of this entire story involves David Henry. You see, David Henry also never served any jail time. He never even faced trial. You want to know why? Because on the same day as their pretrial hearing, the day that Keel actually got his motion to dismiss granted, on that same day, Later that night, David Henry dropped dead. Whoa! I did not see that coming. He dropped dead of what they called a pulmonary embolism. How old was David Henry? He was, I think, in his, I think he was in his mid to late 40s. What? And he was supposed to be the father-in-law? I know. He was only like... Ten years older. Some reports say that Brandon Keel was 31. Others say that he was 36. And I think this guy was 46. So he just needed to have a daughter who was 30 or younger. Yeah, something like that. And I don't know who the daughter was. uh, Or son. Or son, yeah. (laughs) He was apparently with – they make it sound like his girlfriend was this Hayes chick. Okay, I'm going to play this clip for you. This clip was posted to YouTube right after, almost immediately after, the charges were officially filed against Brandon Keel, David Henry, and uh, Tanita Hayes. 
So this was posted right after this. This is David Henry speaking. You're wrong. You are wrong. Detective Amelia Hernandez, you put a hit on my life and Reverend Tonette Hayes' life and members of the Armenian community's life. And you, who the hell do you think you are? If you're ready to kill me, bring it. Come on, bring it. Whoa. Wait, when was the date of that? I want to see it. I want to see it with my own eyeballs. It was July 21st. It was right after they were officially 2015. charged. 2015. Now, he died. When did he die? Yeah. He died March or April of 2016. He died right before he was supposed to face trial. So he made this video right after he was charged. He died right before he was supposed to face trial. Are there coincidences? Yeah, there's coincidences, but this is something that it's hard to ignore. And perhaps right. this guy walked around all the time saying this, but this is the only video of him saying specifically that someone put a hit out on him. But why is that on YouTube? How many views does it have? Who posted it? It has 700 views. All right, so it's small enough that they don't care. Well, how did you find it? Did anyone a, lead you yeah. to it, or did you did you did it just come up like the no, flag writing thing? I found a link to it on some obscure messaging board that I'd never heard of, and it was posted back in 2015. The one that I found, anyway. If it's only got 700 views, then I don't think it's this way. But stuff gets these days. Stuff gets spoon fed to you, not you, but there's stuff out there being spoon fed to later be debunked the, the only yeah i didn't like, find this right away it took weirdness me in the parkland shooting the only weird like oh how could that person be there that person's too old whatever people are like oh did you see this and i'm immediately i'm like nothing is getting out of that one if you're seeing something weird it's a trap but this but and it had like 14 million views you know yeah no but this, this doesn't sound like there's views. anything going on there wow that's crazy who was um, he talking to? Hold on. I'm going to play you this other one, too. This is I the other video. I want to see it. Who was he talking to? He's talking directly to the camera. I'm going to play you this other one, and then uh, we'll, we'll get back into it. I just want to play this one because he mentions Kamala Harris in this one. This one has 351 views. Detective Amelia Hernandez, she's dumb. She doesn't understand disorder. But the United Nations, many of you do. So I'm reaching out to you as I have reached out to President Barack Obama and U.S. Attorney General Loretta Lynch and Kamala D. Harris, the Attorney General of California, and Congresswoman Maxine Waters and others. They all received letters involving this matter. I'm just asking for it to stop. Do you know what that's about? Yeah, it's about this case where they were arrested for impersonating officers and all this weird stuff they were doing. The officer or the detective that he mentions in the video, Hernandez, is the detective that worked the case and whose testimony is cited in all of these articles. Here, the description of the video says, Jim McDonald and his corrupt Amelia Hernandez plotting to kill female Reverend Tanetta Hayes and Grandmaster David Henry and Brandon Keel of the Department of Justice. We all feel the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office is involved. So we need everyone, Knights Templar from Mexico, to come join and protect your Grandmaster David Henry from the corrupt L.A. Sheriff's Department who is trying to kill your Grandmaster David Henry. Please alert everyone from Sinolia and Columbia. Sinaloa. Yeah. America, believe me, if you ever need help from our justice system, you won't get it. They have no means to help Americans, especially African-Americans. Why was he saying Armenians? He mentioned Armenians. I don't know. Maybe I misunderstood it. He's clearly uh, not Armenian. Let me read the description in the first. It says the Masonic order, don't take threats lightly. Grandmaster David Henry speaks out to his Armenian Masonic sovereign jurisdiction to be prepared for war in case the L.A. Sheriff's Department kills him or Reverend Tonita Hayes or Brandon Keel of the Department of Justice. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that somebody off this guy. I'm saying that this is just really strange. There you have it. A truly bizarre story about... 
a Kamala Harris staffer while she was attorney general of the state of California. Guy's arrested for doing some really weird shit right out in the open that he claimed that her office was well aware of and supported. She's never commented on it. And on top of that, one of his accomplices predicted after his arrest that he might be killed, said that there was a hit out on him. And then before he could ever face trial, he does in fact die. Yet nobody in the media asked Kamala Harris a question about this story. Instead, we're going to talk about her affair with Willie Brown. That's really nuts. It is, isn't it? I mean, it's crazy. Well, there's another really, really weird story out of California about three or four years ago. This guy, Jeffrey Allen Lash, who told his girlfriend that he was a hybrid with an alien. Yeah, I remember that. I do yeah. remember that. So he tells the girlfriend and he said, I'm dying. I've got, they gave me some sickness or I, I get sick because of whatever. He used to go to this one restaurant and eat only raw meat. I don't know why I have to go to a restaurant for it, but he'd eat only raw meat. And then he told his girlfriend, I'm dying. They'll come get my body. I'm just going to just get out of town for a week or two until this blows over. I don't want them like even aware that you're in my life. So she leaves. Yeah. And she comes back and she sees his car and his body is in it decomposing and it's been there for weeks just in the grocery parking lot in like Pacific Palisades, LA area. And so, all right, that's weird, crazy. There were whitewash stories written about it. But the fact is his like uh, apartment or condo or like whatever is like a small house jammed into the mountain was full to the rim with, uh, with guns that were legal and registered to him, which is not possible for an ordinary person to have in California. It's just not possible to yeah. accumulate them. And he had amphibious vehicles that were registered with the DMV. Amphibious vehicles. Amphibious vehicles. So what he could that? take the car and drive it into the ocean and it would drive. Or turn oh, into a wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that worked. They were registered to his name. Yeah. And he said that he was some high level guy on the inside. So I, there were, there was like a massive whitewash article written about it, but it didn't answer the real questions about how this stuff was all legal. And they laugh about him, like the alien stuff, but, and I'm not, I'm not a, uh, the alien stuff. Definitely. I really don't get it, but this story was crazy. And it, and the, and it was not a psyop because they tried to bury it. Wow. I'm pretty sure this story has been whitewashed too because I've tried to find information about what Brandon Keel and Hayes, the woman, are doing now. But I can't find any trace of online activity since their arrest except for a Twitter page of Brandon Keel's that's been inactive since right before he got arrested. So I can find nothing on him. Since then. Yeah. And all of his tweets, he only tweeted like seven times, but all of his tweets are tweets about Kamala Harris. That's interesting. So it seems that their their online history, there's no trail there really, at least that I've found yet. It's so – these organizations, like you see Farrakhan and the Black Hebrew Israelites, you got to wonder if like – the entire country is blanketed with organizations designed to suck people in. Those happen to all be black organizations or African-American organizations, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like when you read the crisis of democracy, which uh, Brzezinski commissioned for the trilateral commission and a bunch of people contributed to it and wrote different articles about like, how do you keep the sixties from happening again? Even yeah. though I believe the CIA stimulated that conflict and, of course, maybe just to make it clear that democracy is not OK, like the dangers of democracy. But what Brzezinski concluded in that was that you can't. Uh, people all have to be in an organization in which they do not have any say, but they'll obey it. 
So, and, and you can see like when we watch the MAGA hat kids and the native American guy and all those people who, and when you tell me about the indivisible stuff and I, I mean, I almost feel like they basically, when you think about it, if it is, it's you could potentially think they have unlimited resources because they have a lot of people, even if it's not like funded by a government that takes half your money and gives some of it to La Raza and all that, even just having people in college or on unemployment creates this sustained army of underutilized human beings who can then be part of organizations or take marching orders or be activated and as long as you control the cell or control the message or control the activities, don't you move till I tell you to move. You know, uh, wasn't that what Linda Sarsour said? Yeah. So as long as, you know, I mean, I, I look at this guy, I hear how he's talking, and it's it reminds me of clubbiness or preacher stuff, you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It's, so, I mean, it looks to me like it's like it indivisible. You're right. It's like me. women's yeah. march. It doesn't surprise me that they're part of that they that they think they can reach out. But this is an example, maybe if I'm looking at it right, of why you absolutely, positively must never have a national police force because when things get weird like this, and they reach down and try to co-opt everybody. There, you can't you can't control every little municipality. You right. know what I mean? It's really expensive to try to get every police chief on board. Yeah, and yeah. like so, yeah. So if they, to me, this is a good example. It collapsed because there was some cop somewhere or judge or whatever who said, "What the hell? No!" Yeah. And then they stung them. Apparently, they stung these people. They they set them up. They didn't. They didn't just arrest them on the spot. They kind of let them spin their thread a little bit. Yeah. Well, they investigated him for a few months. Yeah. Well, they were. Yeah. So I, I, they stopped him, but that's not how things are headed. Right. Can you imagine if Kamala Harris was president and there was a guy going around Washington, DC in a fake police uniform, walking in to a police department saying, Hey, I'm a member of the Masonic fraternal police department. It's a, 3,000-year-old police. It's the first police department where descendants of the Knights Templar, and we have jurisdiction over 33 states in Mexico, and we just needed to let you know. 33? Yeah, that's the number, right? That's number, yeah. And our jurisdiction, it supersedes yours because we were here first, and they had a website and everything, and this person was like a staffer, and Kamala Harris's presidential right. administration. Can you imagine that? And then if they and she was asked about it, she never actually comments on it publicly. I mean, it's crazy that she has never been challenged to at least answer a question about this, especially since he was personally thanked in a report that her attorney general's office published. Like they didn't publish these truancy reports before Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is the one that instituted this. And he's personally thanked about that issue. And she's never faced a question about it, as far as I can tell. Well, and who, yeah, you would think as attorney general, which she still was at the time, right? She should investigate it as a, as a larger criminal network. Right. I mean, it seems to me that what it is, it's not actually a thing that thinks it's the police. It's a thing that gets people to join it with grandiose ideas and they use it. That's what I was trying to say earlier, that they use it to control the membership. Oh yeah. And they try to expand the membership to give it gravitas and maybe to give it real power. But the, but the purpose of it is to have like that army that you talk about activate an army. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what this type of manipulation, it's like cult-like manipulation. I just found a picture on Twitter after doing a search for Brandon Keel, and it's quite a doozy. So, okay, I'm going to describe the picture to you, and then I'll tell you what the text on the picture says. There's a picture from the belly up of two black men with their shirts off, and they are kind of tied up with rope. 
around their shoulders and arms, and they have neckties on but no shirt on. They are blindfolded with black blindfolds, and they both have their right hand on top of their left hand, and both of their hands together are on top of their heart. And they're standing facing forward in a room with a bunch of cheap fold-out chairs and it looks like radio equipment. And in the background, there is a guy who is fully dressed, who is kind of gazing at them ominously, as though he's about to do something to him. It, it looks like a ritual thing, like a hazing type thing. The text on the image says this. The two guys who have their clothes off, who are blindfolded, one of them, it says, Senator across his chest, and the other one, it says, Legislature across his chest. Above that, there's another arrow that is pointing at the man who is gazing ominously behind them. And that says, Illuminati GHP Brandon Keel giving Illuminati blood oath. And at the top, it says a senator and former California state legislator, Mike Davis, taking Illuminati blood oath ritual. And then at the bottom, it says GHP Brandon Keel, 33rd, and Grandmaster David Henry, 33rd, is over 42 congressmen and women and 26 senators. I think the implication there being that Mr. Keel and Mr. Henry control those congressmen and women. It's quite the picture. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what they say about skull and bones, too. They won't tell you what their ritual is. Supposedly, it's something weird and sexual in yeah. a coffin. Yeah. I, I have no idea the, the credibility of the photo, by the way. So just I'll, I'll link it in the descriptions. Everybody can look at it if they want. I mean, the thing is, there are, there are secret societies, are there not? I, I don't doubt that these guys engaged in these type of activities i I don't think they really they they probably got conned kind of like you were just saying into believing they might have been part of something and had more power than they actually did for the purpose of manipulating them but i I don't doubt at all that they engaged in these activities just like hazing in a fraternity well there's a fraternal fraternal order of police that definitely looks like there's a um a loyalty among cops to each other. I, when I was looking into Sheriff Israel, I kind of saw hints of that. And then I think it might even be an international order at some stage. And then there's definitely a Masonic thing where people are Masons and they are have a brotherhood there. And there are also just in-group, out-group things where you treat people inside your group. It's a double ethic better than the people outside your group. Or what Skull and Bone says, the extent of theirs is just uh, preference. So if two people are looking for a job and they're equally qualified, you give it to the Bonesmen. And with that kind of an advantage, people can get ahead. And since there's only 15 new Bonesmen a year, it's amazing. Like every single one of them practically or half of them or whatever. There should only be can't even be more than like a hundred alive at one time. And you can probably find a hundred in, in prominent positions. So it does make a difference. And it has like a pyramid kind of effect because and this guy had a good job. He was called yeah. the li- liaison to the public by, by Reuters, like Kamala Harris's yeah. liaison to the public. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a good job. So maybe that there's some of that going on there. Did Willie I- Brown have any, any weird stuff? Because she was with, she didn't didn't she have an alliance with Willie Brown? Uh, you could call it an alliance, I guess. <laughs> was it you who said how oh no, I think I was listening to just mainstream radio where it's like saying Willie Brown brags about how many women he's helped in politics over the years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Willie Brown line of attack on her is completely worthless. It's already been rendered worthless and people would continue to do it. One, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares anymore. Right. Why but would wh- anybody care? It's because well, she slept her way to the top. Is that the idea? That's the idea. Yeah. But Willie He's Brown, very Willie Brown already helped her like diffuse that by coming out and he wrote a letter Last week, I think, and he said, yeah, I did date her, and I did help her career. I also helped so-and-so's career and so-and-so's career, and the response to that was kind of like, what a a chauvinist prick. So by writing that letter affirming what everybody was saying, he made himself look like a prick, and he made her look like a victim, which renders the whole thing useless. Yeah, that's good. 
Well, I think that's about it for today. I was, we we're going to go into. No, it's the, very uh, enjoyable, Binkley. I really, <laughs> I really like. You know how I like the deeper conspiracy. I was really hoping when I read all that stuff on the Knights Templar to get deeper and deeper into it, but I couldn't. And even when I read the Dan Brown stuff, and I went and I looked into the like the lost gospel of Thomas and Mary Magdalene, all that kind of stuff. I actually got a book. I think Elaine Pagels is like an actual scholar on this stuff. And I got the books that showed the, 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 um, was it the Dead Sea Scrolls or the Nag Hammabi Scrolls or whatever. And I actually looked at the transliteration, just like an exact translation of that stuff. And it was like nothing of what it was. It was very little. It was a very easy thing to do. And it did not support all the stuff that was spun into the Dan Brown fiction. It which didn't was, support it? No. It was, it was meaningless. It was like, it was sparse. And now maybe, maybe they don't show us all of it. But I, I just, I like reached a dead end. You know what I mean? I like tried to figure all this stuff out. And I was probably stimulated by that book, which I thought was good. Yeah. Like engaging. And then I just couldn't, it just led nowhere. I just could not find the answer. I don't even, they don't even know where the damn treasure is, but I do think it's on. Yeah. If you've ever been to Switzerland, it look it just looks like a fortress. The mountains could, the, the mountains actually look kind of fake. They're obviously not fake, but they're highly manicured and everything. And then a Swiss friend of mine gave me a book called false chalets. And it's like how all these, all these, um, ammo dumps, everything like that. Uh, stockpiles were built into the mountains and um, painted over to make it look like it was part of the scenery. And when I was driving through Switzerland with these, these friends of ours, they would point out like, hey, uh, see that door, you know, and you would see a door like in the mountains. Like, yeah, you know, a friend of mine really? went in there. Oh, yeah. He's like, a friend of mine went in there and he's like, it's this network of caves and it's got an elevator. And I was like, what the That's hell? crazy. That's awesome. I mean, this wasn't like an ordinary guy. It's like a guy who knows rich guy. You know, there are, I think you're either like a farmer who manicures the mountain or you're a rich guy. Or, yeah, That's you have keys to the door to go in the mountain. Exactly. Like, you know how to get when. But it's just like a fortress. Like, if there's if there is any kind of war or anything, I think you want to knock on that door. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. We need to take a trip and try to find that treasure. I want to say one more thing real quick, yeah. just for the record yeah. about Stacey Abrams, since she is going to be giving the State uh, of the Union response, and she is an insufferable con artist of the worst degree. Oh She's going to be appearing in a Super Bowl commercial, which the first ad spot, I think I read, cost $100,000. Now, where did she get – Fair Fight paid. I thought which, it was $5 million for a regular – well, I oh. yeah, I don't. I was curious about why it didn't cost mu- right. uh, as much There's as an intersectionality the, discount. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> so fair fight the the group that she started right after she lost the election and immediately started sending out requests for donations. Yeah, right when she started this fair fight, Georgia, I got an email from it saying we need money to fight mm. uh, election or election suppression to give a voice to people who whose voices go unheard, go unheard and unseen, as she always says. And the website I went to it gave no explanation of who they were, no specific uh, ways they were going to use the money, who was going to get access to the money. Gave no. It was just a, such a blatant propaganda call for money that they didn't even bother to fill people in <laughs> on anything. Yeah. They just asked them for money and people gave them money. And I wonder if people who gave her money realized that by fighting voter suppression, she meant paying for a commercial that she was going to star in that was going to be used to raise her political star right before she raises it even further next week at the State of the Union. I think every single person would be happy with it. Every single person. You're probably right. But what she's doing, she's very smart. Don't get me wrong. I realized what I think she's doing with this commercial because it's pretty brilliant in my opinion. 
she's pretty radical in some of her positions, like her education position, the cradle to career thing. This commercial wasn't about her cradle to career position because the audience watching the Super mm-hmm. Bowl that's going to see this commercial is going to be more of a general broad audience. Mm-hmm. So a, a broader appeal is what you want to do here. If you do that cradle to career commercial, people are going to go, whoa, mm-hmm. this is radical. And it's going to turn them off to her. However, the issue that she talks about in the commercial is – Using paper ballots instead of computer ballots, which a lot of people can agree on. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I right. want paper ballots. So she's putting herself, she paid. Now I don't for, want her going to door to door with a pile of paper ballots and then oh, showing yeah. up. Don't want the, her collecting them. Yeah, at the voting place. Oh, here's some paper ballots. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. So here's what she did she's introducing herself yeah. to a broad audience using mm-hmm. a broad appeal, an easy win appeal mm-hmm. with a Republican next to her. Mm-hmm. So people are going to see her and go, well, this is a this is a moderate, mm-hmm. reasonable liberal that I can deal with, which is what she needs if she does, in fact, in March announce that she's going to run for president, which I'm standing by that prediction yeah. because she is creating a demand for herself yeah. to run for president. And in my opinion, you put her side by side to Kamala Harris. She wins almost every single time other than the fact that she hasn't been a senator. She's a better candidate, in I- my opinion. I object to your saying like she's very clever. She's very smart. She is the most fabricated human being I have ever really investigated in that from everything from the Yukos oil internship, her membership in the CFR, her all the shows that we have done about her backstory, family, everything like that. The Telluride thing in high school where they plucked her up. Um, And I realize now, and this is like, I hate saying stuff like this because uh, it makes me sad and it's very exploitive, but I see like the Ocasio, um, internships and the Telluride stuff, stuff that only accepts people of color, but is run by the establishment as like puppet factories. And, uh, I, I feel like as soon when she lost or was losing or whatever, and it, I had people tweeting like, oh, she's done. I mean, like yeah. it, it, that's so preposterous to me. She's clearly a, a, a very, I mean, her the investment they made in her had, I mean, they're not going to just blow right. that on one election. Maybe that she lost the election on purpose just to become president. I mean, she said I mean, it was that's why, that's the White House. She said that. right after, yeah, like the losing on purpose thing. I said right yes, after you did, yes, that she is going to be framed as a civil rights hero, and it's going to be around this voting issue. Uh, voter voter rights and suppression, and that's exactly what she's been doing with this Fair Fight Georgia, and that's what this commercial is going to kind of present her to the broader public as. And then on Tuesday, she's going to be up there after a lot of people having seen this commercial saying, oh, yeah, I agree with that paper ballot saying this is a reasonable alternative to Trump. Why isn't she running? And people have been more and more calling for her to run. If she doesn't run, I think she will because people have talked about it's not her turn. She's yeah. getting – she doesn't – that's not how she works. Like she's – her activism, she's smart. Like when I say she's really smart, she's smart in the way that a good con artist playing the long con is smart. No, but I'm just saying it's not her. Somebody's telling her what to do is my opinion. And yeah, but Hillary was – it was Hillary's turn. But here's the thing, like with Kemp. I don't know what the story was there, but he actually had a criminal complaint filed against him for his shenanigans in the 2016 presidential election. And, and that, and it just went on and on. She could have at least brought it up, but she didn't. Now he was working for somebody. He was either working for the Trump team or for the Hillary team. Right. I'm assuming, I don't know, but that's the nature of the suspicion has to be, that the hacking and all that wasn't just incompetence because then it was followed by a cover-up. So if it was followed by a cover-up, something's being covered up, right? So she could have exposed that. So either she didn't expose it because he was actually trying to help Hillary because Hillary did win some precincts that she really should not have, that it's impossible to believe she did. And then um, what, you know, how deep does his relationship with the hidden hands go it could have they put could have both got what they wanted he got to be governor yeah, i mean that's he what he, be put as a presidential candidate at the very least she'll be somebody's vice presidential pick but i, I think that she'll end up being a candidate i still I mean, think she so. could have won on her issue against him yeah and she would have been creamed you know what i mean right. and she would have been creamed by cagle so 
they could have just let that go. You know, why did yeah. Kemp? I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I feel like she should have exposed Kemp for being behind the Kegel thing. Yeah. But she didn't. You're right. Cause yeah. she's the perfect foil for him. I mean, I'm always scratching my head when people don't go for the jugular. Yeah. It's really crazy too, because Howard Schultz, I've studied Howard Schultz for years, is probably the ideal candidate for the majority of Democrats, but progressives who control the media and are social media savvy are poisoning the well and preventing them from ever discovering anything about him, which will make them realize that he is, in fact, more of a perfect candidate for them than anybody else who is. If he ran, if he does continue his run, he will instantly be the most accomplished, least corrupt, as far as I've been able to tell so far. I haven't gotten too deep on that, but but I have gone a little. Don't get me wrong. His whole stunt with the race thing at Starbucks, I, I don't like that at all. That is, in my opinion, a level of corruption. But I'm talking comparatively here, and comparatively, he'd be the least corrupt, as far as I can tell, and my opinion is subject to change as I do research, as I continue to do research, and he'd be the most accomplished candidate in the race, and accomplished in ways that represents the types of values that Democrats claim that they stand for. I mean, the guy did a thing where he opened up Starbucks in low-income communities created jobs for them, lots of jobs for people in those communities, and then dedicated a portion of the amount of money that Starbucks made to that community and gave it to those low-income communities. Stacey Abrams, on the other hand, goes to those communities and cons them into giving her the little bit of money that they have so that she can star in a Super Bowl commercial, yet she's the civil rights hero. I mean, give me a break. This guy has actually done a lot of stuff for low-income communities. But they don't talk about any of that. He's done more than Kamala Harris and Stacey Abrams combined. Again, I don't like the staged events, but when it comes to actually doing stuff that there have been measurable results for, he's done them. And, I mean, I, you could guess that he's doing it for self-serving purposes, like yeah, classic probably. John D. Rockefeller, give a oh, dime yeah. to a kid. Schultz has shown through his career that he is very, very good at using controversial, hot-button political issues to make Starbucks and himself <laughs> yeah, a ton yeah. of money. Yeah. But on top of that, he's also good at doing those things in a way that it gets results for the people that he says that he's trying to get results for, unlike Stacey Abrams. So while he has gotten rich off of it, at the same time, he's also helped the people he said he was going to help. So I can't fault somebody for getting rich. No, it's while good. Also That's what you want. What right. you want is that social pressure creates the the need, the necessity for mega rich people to uh, keep others happy. Exactly. And I say all this knowing that I'm still going to be looking into him further and that my opinion may very well change. But this is based on what as of now I you have You like this guy? Do I like him? I mean, I don't know. I don't like him or, or not like him. I'm just kind of evaluating him. I definitely like him less than I did prior to that Starbucks racial bias training publicity stunt that Starbucks pulled last year. I didn't like that at all. But I said years ago when I first started reading about him, I said if this guy were to run for president, I think he'd be one of the best candidates that I've ever researched. I'm certain stuff. I would not like him on any level at all, but – that's amazing. He grew up in public housing. His parents uh, in New York. But I mean, he's got to just be a wealth redistributing. Yeah, maybe. I don't really know. I don't know what his specific policy positions are. I just know a little bit about what he has done through Starbucks and what some of the public positions that Starbucks as a company has taken. Right. Okay. I do know that he broke with Obama on Obamacare because he would not accept the mandates. Wow, like uh, Mackie on Whole Foods. Yeah, Obama lost his support over the mandates thing. Wow. And you don't and think he that was, was just Obama's... another PR stunt? You could be right, but it falls in line with what he's saying right now. Like what he's been saying about the stuff that Kamala Harris presented during her town hall was that universal health care thing that she's talking about would bankrupt the country. It's not, it's not reasonable. And he blasted Pelosi for doing what Indivisible said and just stonewalling for not negotiating with Trump. He said that was the wrong thing to do. 
he's saying the things that a reasonable Democrat, and maybe he's just hitting yeah. the talking points, but he showed maybe he's measurable- supposed to be and also ran against Stacey Abrams. Yeah. I've been trying to think about what the angle could be, but looking at his history and some of the results he's gotten, he has more provable results than any candidate running in the Democrat Party, yet they are trying to prevent Democrats from actually discovering him, is what it seems like to me. He's been going across the country touring for like the past four or five years. He's been going to small towns. He's been talking to people. He's brought people into Starbucks and he's talking to them about race relations and about the problems and about how they feel. None of this has gotten press. Initial moments where he's done controversial stunts at Starbucks have, but none of the follow-up tours and meetings that he's done have gotten any press. So this stuff hasn't been done in public view. And and when something's not done in public view, to me, that lends more. Yeah, that it's sincere. Yeah, more more sincerity to it. So that's why I think it's interesting. He's actually gone and talked to these people. Stacey Abrams and Kamala Harris have only gone and conned these That's people. the thing about the exploitation that bothers me is that they're they're trained as high schoolers of how to maybe they the way they're taught is, look, you can make a difference and we're going to show you how other people who had uh who ha- who have inherited through generations the keys to the kingdom, they know all these secrets. We're going to tell you the secrets now, and then you can help. However, what once you're sucked into their thing, you you have to do what they tell you to do. You exactly. can't stop right. and think, does this really help? Oh, I forgot I'm a libertarian. Or I think that the most good can come for the most people with uh, liberty. I don't want a national police force. You nailed it. Never doing that. Yeah. They ring them in, get them psychologically committed to it. And then their job is to take orders like Stacey Abrams and AOC is job is to take orders. Right. And they probably think that their job is to be a powerful uh, intersectional person. Yeah. But, it's what my sister coined as the ethical glass ceiling. You 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 stop asking questions about what you're doing when you can't tolerate the wrong answer. Right. Yes. Yeah. Cognitive dissonance. Well, it's not that. It's that it's 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 like what no, I think Upton Sinclair said or whatever. Like you can't was it Upton Sinclair, John Updike, that you can't to convince a man of something when his wallet, his paycheck depends on him not understanding it is impossible. Say you know, that again. You can't convince it's impossible to convince a man of something if his paycheck depends on him not oh, being yeah. convinced. <laughs> right. right. So it's not cognitive dissonance, it's at a at a very shallow level, you know darn well exactly what you're doing. And yeah, what you're doing yeah. is you're not asking that next question. Yeah. Whereas he might have asked those questions and came to where he is on his own, and then he becomes who he is. Whereas oh. when, you, when you take somebody who's 12, like Zuckerberg or Lady Gaga or Ocasio or um, Abrams, who may have been a couple of years later, but when you take teenagers, you're uh, – they, they haven't really fully formed what they think about, you know, they're not educated. They didn't, you have to combine the theory, the education, experience, self-reflection. They don't give them a chance to even do that. And then, then they're done. Then they right. can't, you can't turn around then. Here's something else he did that I wanted to tell you. He donated, he gifted $30 million to research into, to help war vets, recover from post-traumatic stress syndrome, $30 million of his money, uh, his own money. That's a lot of money. I have to make a point about that kind of charity. We, our governments spend 40% of the gross national product in this country. So $5 trillion. The only, say half of that is federal or two thirds or whatever. The only legitimate indisputably legitimate function of the federal government is national defense. Yeah. There's absolutely no justification. The one thing the federal government should spend money on is the soldiers. Yeah. See it right through to the end. I mean, I, I almost feel like if you, I would consider a law that if you, if you become a soldier, you never have to work again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Paid forever, like that. That it's that big a deal. 
it's just really interesting that none of this stuff has been mentioned in the media. None of this stuff has been talked about. It's only been, you you billionaire idiot, you're going to put Trump in office again. Blah! They just scream at him when he's done far more than Kamala Harris and anybody else in the Democrat Party combined has done to actually accomplish the goals that the Democrats and progressives claim they want to accomplish. They yes. say they want to help people. He's actually done it. Starbucks employees, if you work at Starbucks, you can go to college for free. Arizona State, they have a partnership with Starbucks that Schultz headed up himself that gives these benefits to people who work there. He gives them free college. This should be the Democrats' dream. Part-time employees get health care benefits. Why isn't the media talking about this? Instead, they just call him a monster. Yeah, they never, they don't care about the actual outcome. You're right. I think this illustrates that more than anything. Yeah, that's a good point. You made your point. Yeah. Never voting for a liberal. (laughs) I haven't either, and I'm not saying I will. I'm just saying liberals are being prevented from even looking into a guy who has actually done some of the things that liberals claim they want done because progressives want these intersectional candidates to run. The only thing Kamala Harris has over him is that she is a african-american female that's yeah. it nothing Dude, else. somebody sent me sent us a tweet today where i guess people on the left are just shocked and horrified there's a clip of kamala harris admitting that there's crime and suggesting it be punished yeah it was that truancy <laughs> clip that i played for you earlier it was the rest of that clip oh it's so funny it's like she was just saying there's crime and it should be punished i'm like yes that is what true. they should be worried She's about right. is that she is there's crime it should be punished and the way she punishes it is that um you might have a heart attack She's, or a pulmonary yeah. right before your trial night, night templar out there right. <laughs> i think that's all our time we ran a little bit over thank you for your time and thank everybody for listening Anybody who wants to donate or become a Patreon, we need all the help we can yes, get. Yes, we are We are about to um, get some professional help in getting what I'm pretty excited about, the uh, where the website, where we're hoping it's going to go, and but we can't do it. I can't get, let this guy continue to volunteer his time, and we have to get it done. So we are going to take everything we can get and put it towards the website. I'm absolutely 100% confident that every single thing that we get this year in Patreon or subscriptions or just one-off donations will go to that rebuilding the website. And helping us continue to do the show. We are well, yeah, I mean, you're not on YouTube. To, I guess we don't show saying. up high in the search rankings because yes. of the content types of material that we use. So if you're in a position where you can't help out financially, share it with your friends, share it on Twitter, help us grow in the ways that you can. And every little bit helps. And that is thank a great you to idea. everybody. Yes. Everybody who's donated through Patreon and through PayPal. Thank you for your continued support. You are the reason that we are able to continue moving. Yes. Along. Yes. I was just saying that we're, there's no way we're breaking even. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you for everything. Thank you, everyone. You make a difference. And uh, until next week, happy Super Bowl. Happy Super Bowl. Happy uh, Illuminati commercials. We'll talk to you later.